0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events while supplies last, make every tap
1: music to your ears.
0: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.
1: Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com.
2: Welcome to Cavs
0: HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn
2: and Jim Jones.
0: From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody. It is indeed Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Great to have you with us during this holiday week. Let me wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving as we're just 48 hours away from a lot of turkey. Great to be joined by Jim Jones. Jim, are you ready for the holiday?
3: Yes, I am. In fact, uh, after this, I'm going to go and uh, pick up some uh, vegan food so that I can eat turkey, which which we call turkey, but it won't be turkey. It'll be plant-based. <clears throat> I was
0: going to say, Sounds I didn't know there were vegan turkeys. To...
3: No, no, but there's vegan chicken. I'm going to call it turkey, but it'll be vegan chicken and dressing. <laughs> Well,
0: Jim, uh, before we look forward to the meal, uh, as you said, we've got a show to put together here. It should be yes. a lot of fun. Uh, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com is going to stop by Great. and pay us a visit. He's so full of Cavs knowledge. Uh, we can talk for hours with Joe. And then, of course, the longtime radio voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, now in his 50th year, will join us. And, of course, uh, the Suns in town
3: tomorrow night. They are red hot. They've won 13 in a row. Yeah, so it'll be a you know, don't browse, faithful. Please tune in because Al McCoy and all the stuff, a lot of the stuff you hear me talk about in our broadcast, uh, I've been stealing from Joe Gabriel for years, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's, he always has an interesting perspective on our Cavs team and our game. No doubt about it. So
0: we look forward to it. Joe Gabriel and Al McCoy our guests. Joe's coming up next, so stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Garland to the baseline, float scores! Oh, what a shot by D.G. Wow. As he floated it in over LaMarcus Aldridge. Wade, three ball, tied! Dean Wade, he hits a bomb from the left wing, knocks things up at 98. Here come the Cavs chance to take the lead. Garland to Allen. Pow! Oh! oh, my! The J-Train goes soaring to the hoop and crushed it. And the Cavaliers lead by one. Welcome back, Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway. Tim Elcorn, along with Jim Jones. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday night. Cavs with the night off. Back in action tomorrow night as they'll be home at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse the night before Thanksgiving entertaining the Phoenix Suns well Jim uh, as we like to do on Cavs HQ uh, a look back between uh, our last HQ show and the present one and unfortunately for the Cavs uh, they haven't won a game since our last HQ show Uh, Wednesday night in Brooklyn uh, they made a great run at the Nets but got beat 109-99 but certainly in that ball game uh, Dean Wade shows what he's capable of here's James Johnson Johnson's pass deflected, stolen
3: by Wade to the other end.
0: Pow! With two hands.
3: All of that stuff counts, Tim. Forced turnovers, easy scores early in the clock. Wade, the steal, the
0: dunk, the Cavs are within seven. Jim, the Cavs made their run, as they've been doing, uh, even though they've lost four in a row. uh, They haven't wilted against anybody.
3: Yeah, and you know what? That's what happens. You know, that momentum uh, when you're playing well, especially early in the game, that momentum is the foundation for what happens in the fourth quarter because you start seeing things that work uh, other team counters and then when you're looking through your playbook getting ready to start the second half you know there's things that you can go to but uh, those runs take a lot out of you if you're trying to come from behind or you or you've got a 80 50 80 10 0 16 0 run or whatever Uh, all of that takes energy. And what we've seen, Tim, is that uh, we'll lead at halftime, and then the the opposition will come rowing back, especially the better teams. They'll come back in the third, and then we want to throw water on the fire, and that takes so much out of us, it affects our closing.
0: Well, that's a great point, and it leads right into Thursday night's game against Golden State. Boy, the Cavs had a brutal back-to-back with Brooklyn and then flying home to get Golden State on Thursday night. And Jim, as you just alluded to, Cavs built up the early lead. They were up by 13 points at the end of three and then got outscored 36-8 to in that final quarter. Golden State won it 104-89. to But, boy, a guy who has sparkled as of late, Darius Garland, and he had a beautiful play against the Warriors. Garland left to the key. Darius now backs up outside the three-point arc. Garland off to a good start with 10. Garland, oh, beautiful fake. Heads to the foul line and scores. Darius Garland with a fake that froze everybody. I'll tell you what, Jim, DG, and we talked about this last night in the rematch with Brooklyn, but, man, his ball movement and his shiftiness and his handles out on the floor have just improved exponentially.
3: Yeah, and it's all about creating space so that he can have uh, space to shoot his jumper. But it also, the change of pace dribble allows him to get past defenders, especially defenders that are playing him uh, with aggressiveness and physicality. You know, they want to touch you, and then he gives you a fake. You have to react because he's so good with either hand. He has a distinct advantage. And what he's proven to me is that he's not only a catch-and-shoot shooter. The shots that now become patented in transition, he'll just come down and catch it and uh, shoot a three, three feet behind the three-point line and make it. But he also is a scorer. He knows how to score points, and he knows how to get to the rim. He knows how to finish, and he has a floater. He's a complete offensive machine, and uh, he can only get better. Well, there's no doubt. And then last night, uh, somewhat the same scenario where
0: the Cavs get off to the good start. They were up 11 at the half over Brooklyn, and then, of course, uh, the Nets make their run and end up winning the ball game last night. But, boy, another outstanding performance from Ricky Rubio off that Cavs bench rubio at the top of the three-point arc rubio on the dribble left wing to allen back to ricky rubio steps back three ball good ricky rubio drains a three ball to get the Cavs to within one under two minutes to go 109 108 yeah the Cavs were right there with the nets but couldn't quite pull that one out so uh four losses in a row and now the Cavs get ready for the Phoenix Suns, as Phoenix will be here tomorrow night. But after the ball game, Cavs center Jared Allen uh, was talking about the fact that you know some tough calls went against the Cavs last night, and he said, "Listen, uh, here's how you gain
1: some respect." Honestly, I think how we've been playing, how we've been competing against all these teams, even though we're down a number of people, we're still in every game. Even when you know a lot of us were sick and down, we're still out there fighting to win, fighting to compete. And I think that gains respect from everybody. We, you're not just going to get respect overnight. You're going to have to build into it, and that's what we're doing. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt, Jim. Uh, there isn't anybody that takes on the Cavs now that says, yeah, just check that one off in the win column. They're, they're going to give you a war.
3: Yeah, they do. But at, at some point, Tim, that has to turn around, and uh, nobody's more cognizant of that than J.B., you know, you know, we could always pat each other on the back for great comebacks and the loss of players and people, uh, but it still comes down to winning games. Uh, they're getting the added maturity. Guys who haven't had a lot of time to play, talk about Ed Davis, those kind of players are getting a chance to shine and showing what they can do. And Valentine, both of those guys uh, I uh, focus on because I like the way they play. We understand all of that, and we understand that, that nothing's going to be given. J.B. has mentioned that many a time. Uh, so we still have to continue to compete and play tough until we get the young fellow back who could do everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, we wait for Evan Mobley to make his return. All right, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, a lot more to come. It's Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Glad to bring it to you on this Tuesday night on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Right back to Garland. Garland splits a double team. Laid it up and in with the left hand. Oh, what a sweet move from DG. Marketing right side of Coro. Three ball. Good. How about Ice? He's got three threes tonight and a season high. 15 points. Garland. Left corner. market. Quick three. Good. Cams lead. Lowry Marketing. He's got the eye tonight. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway. And of course, great job on the other side of the window. Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin racking up those highlights. Cavs last night picking on Brooklyn. Tough loss for the Cavaliers. They've now dropped four straight and they're nine and nine on the year and a red-hot Phoenix team comes to town tomorrow night. Boy, the Suns have won 13 in a row. Well, a guy that loves to talk basketball both with us and Anybody that's willing to listen to him and read him on com is Joe Gabriel. Joe, great to have you on the show. <laughs>
1: hey, Tim, you make me sound like I'm barking it out of the street corner.
0: <laughs> hey, want to talk Cavs? Want to talk Cavs? I'm Joe G. Want to talk Cavs? Hey, we love talking Cavs basketball with you. And, and you know what? There's a lot to talk about with this team.
1: Yeah, there certainly is right now. But yeah. Uh, it's been an odd week, and uh, I think the team's in an adjustment period uh, with Colin going down and and, and uh, Bobley, uh being hurt. So I think right now they're 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 figuring it out. So it's uh, it's a strange little period right now, and an odd time for the Suns to come in <laughs> as hot as they are. Well, it's true, Jim.
3: Yeah, you know what it seems like, Joe. It seems like last night, the game before that, and the game before that. They just seem to run out of gas, you know. They sort of need that one more guy, you know, mm-hmm. to be a playmaker, or push them over to so that they can win a game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the, a word you hear a lot, you use it a lot, Jim, is energy. And yes. Colin is nothing but. I mean, he is.
0: He's. He's. Uh,
1: uh, you know, uh, the energizer bunny all the time, including in the fourth quarter. Maybe especially in the fourth quarter. So, like I said earlier, it's like an adjustment period right now. Uh, They're looking for that one guy to push them over the top. And, uh, you know, with Ricky being moved into the starting lineup, you lose a little bit of – you lose that punch late in the game. So, uh, like I said, right now they're looking for that extra punch. But I also think when Evan comes back, you know, that'll fortify the lineup and put guys closer to the right rotation. That's a good point.
0: Again, we're talking with Joe Gabriel, Cavs.com, as he stops by to pay us a visit on Cavs HQ. And Joe, when you look at this team, uh, what sort of identity do you see forming?
1: Well, that's that's one thing I'm glad you asked me, because that's a great thing I love about this team. And I kind of equate it with, and Browns fans are going to hate me, and you know I'm a huge Browns fan. (laughs) Browns fans are going to hate me, but I put it this way if you can establish an identity of toughness and the Steelers and the Ravens are that way in that no matter what people come through, no matter what guys come through, their identity is the same toughness. You are going to have a tough day at the office here. And I think that's what JB is establishing. And you know how they say defense travels. Well, if you're a tough (laughs) team that always travels well, that plays well. And the Cavs have not been blown out in any game this year. They haven't quit in any game. They haven't folded. And that's your identity. And you can lean on that in lean times. And that's what I think the Cavs are doing right now. They just just can't get over the hump.
3: Can we talk a little bit about Mobley? You know, uh, it looks like that he's uh, would I be correct in saying that some said that he uh, he thinks he's ahead of schedule? Of course, he's a young kid. <laughs> they all want to play. <laughs> but the prognosis is two to four weeks, Joe. Uh, uh, but we really miss that kid and all he brings to the table.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, and that's a good point in that all he brings to the table and that he does everything. I mean, that kid, you know, I mean, he changes your entire team, you know, defensively, offensively, everything. Uh, he's. I was thinking about it, he's so great he can't help it. I I, I think of him like a <laughs> like a, he's like a like the way I think of him is like a like a fawn. Like he he doesn't know how great he even is or can be. <laughs> and there's an and there's an innocence about him and like a pureness It is. And you know you can tell he's been coached well and you know his you know his dad was his coach. So it's like <laughs> he really he he can't. Boy, I hate to say this. These words, he he can't miss. He's that good. He's that great. He has that much potential. And I think he's ahead of schedule as far as production. I didn't think anybody would think he'd be this good, this fast, but he is. Yes.
0: No, there's no doubt about that, guys. I want to get both your reactions. I know, Jim, you talked a little bit about this with Mike Snyder last night on the post game show, but I haven't had a chance to chat with you, and certainly I want to get Joe G's reaction as well. Uh, JB last night after the ball game I think uh, he worded as strongly as he has worded all year (laughs) about respect and consistency by the officials for this basketball team now they didn't lose last night because of the officials but I don't mean it in that sense but JB saying look the way we're playing and the way that we're being considered as a team uh, they don't equate and we deserve that and Man, he really had his guys' backs last night.
1: Yeah, I, you know what I loved about that was, I mean, that's the thing. You know, guys guys read social media and and websites, things like that. That's that's your coach kind of going to bat for you publicly. Yes. You know, I mean, he's saying, hey, look, these guys have and they have, they've earned the respect. They shouldn't get these BS calls right now. That You know, again, that Rubio call. And JB was treading on lightning his wallet last night. that's how close he was skating to you know uh to that and 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 I equate it almost like to to a coach getting thrown out of a game a a manager getting thrown out of a game it's like that's him saying enough you know and I think the Cavs statement all year has been that that the times are over of coming in here and pushing us around and I loved it last night I love what he said and I love that he didn't get fined. <laughs> And, Jim, I want
0: to get your reaction to what JB said, but also maybe you can share a quick story as a former player when a coach said something publicly, maybe to the media or to whoever, where you said, man, he's got our backs, and what that means to you or what it meant to you as a player.
3: Well, I think it's important, uh, and Joe G can testify to this because I know how close he was to his father. Uh, it, Joe, you know it doesn't take much to inspire mm-hmm. us, <laughs> you know, they can mm-hmm. just pat you <laughs> on the head, right? Mm-hmm. Or they can say, hey, come on, come on, go ride with me. You know, any little thing. Yeah. And that's basically what JB's doing. What he's doing is what we call crisis management. He's, he's protecting his players not only on the court with the kind of strategies he runs for offense and defense, but he's also protecting them from the perception that we're the old calves doing business. And yeah. you have to do that. I've come to the conclusion years ago when Mike Snyder and I did those 26 games, Joe G, remember we were on the road, those 26 straight <laughs> losses? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh yeah. You,
3: you know, we didn't like each other. You know, we <laughs> were losing <was> so <laughs> many games. But the, but the point about it is many of those games, Joe, it was decided by officiating. And so then you sit around, you wonder, how can teams lose 8, 9, 10, 12, 12, 15 in a row, this is how you lose it because the perception of what you used to be is still out there, even though many of those teams, when they're in those losing streaks, they're really getting better. They're minimizing. They're trying to do the things that are contagious to winning, even more so. Their focus becomes stronger, but, some, but uh, I'm going to tell you what John Michael told me, and I thought about it, and he was right. You know, John has done hockey and other sports, and he said, there is no sport where the officiating has more effect on the outcome of games than basketball. Mm -hmm. I thought that was profound. Do you agree with that?
1: I know I do, Joe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: 100%. Yeah. Because it's their judgment and it's their reaction literally on every
3: single play. Let me give an example. Wade gets three fouls called against him against Durant in the the, the first half, and he didn't touch him none of the times. I mean, how can you be wrong three times? Yeah, <laughs> because he was
1: Durant. I mean, think yeah. about it. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> well, he first of all, Durant doesn't need any help. Uh, uh, the, the Rubio call was the one that bugged me, but you know, again, the, the, like Tim Tim said earlier, it wasn't the refs. But to your earlier point in that how the refs can affect the game, in in no other sport can refs uh, can the referee affect scoring like. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying the refs in basketball can directly affect the score, whereas in hockey and football they can change things, but uh, they can't affect the scoring as quickly as refs in the NBA. Either way, uh, I I think the point is just that J.B. was looking out for his guys. And uh, a question I would have for Jim is, at what point when when you were with the young Cavs, did you know things were turning around where – the old calves were done, and you guys were establishing something new.
3: The playoffs. We had we had to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. But what I'm looking, you know, and that was the thing. I asked somebody the same question, Joe, the other day, and they said, "Well, Jones, you got to go through the season." I said, "We have to go through the season and take this abuse." <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's painful, and so we both started laughing. But Joe, I, I get your drift. You already knew the answer. Yeah, you have to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll see if yeah. that ends up happening in April. We've got a lot of basketball between now and then. But, you know what, guys, uh, we're about 20% in, in this season. we got 20 games uh, by the time Saturday night rolls around. So it's flying by. Joe G., as always, a pleasure to talk Cavs basketball with you. And as Jim and I always say, uh, your work on Cavs.com. Uh, Is just terrific. So, Cavs fans out there. I
3: steal all your stuff, Joe, but (laughs) I never gave you credit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, check out everything Joe G's doing on
1: Cavs.com. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim. Have a good one yourself. Take care, guys. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Joe Gabriel, Joe G
0: from Cavs.com, joining us on Cavs HQ, presented on Betway. We've got more to come. Stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. I mean, that's the story of my life.
3: No respect. I don't got no respect at all. You, have
0: respect. Thursday is Thanksgiving, and this evening, members of the Cavaliers team in front office will bring all of the items needed for 100 families to have a Thanksgiving meal held at Boys Hope Girls Hope. This event will help give families food needed to make a holiday meal and memories. We wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. Cavs in the community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. Coming up next on Cavs HQ presented by Betway, legendary Phoenix Suns radio play-by-play man, Al McCoy. That follows this on Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers radio network.
2: Sun's come back quickly. Booker gets it into Crowder. Crowder out on top to Chris Paul. Paul on the drive. 16 footer. Yes, indeed. Chris Paul just putting on a, a show. Out to Cam Johnson for three. Shazam! Paul now wants to go to work. Out it comes down. Here is Booker. Better hurry. A long three. Shazam! Oh, wow. Booker hit the trio.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elcorn, Jim Jones, you just heard those magnificent calls from a guy who's been calling Phoenix Suns basketball now in his 50th year, Al McCoy, the voice of the Suns, stops by to pay us a visit. And, of course, Phoenix in town tomorrow night, Cavs and Suns at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So we thought it would be great to have Al Back on the show, had a wonderful conversation with him in the summer. So, Al, we welcome you back. And right now, you're the voice of the hottest team in the NBA with that 13th straight win last night over San Antonio. Wow, what is going on with the Phoenix
2: Suns? Well, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. And uh, you know how important that can be. I mean, uh, they have struggled in some of these wins but uh, they are able to come back uh, when the game is on the line, make the plays, get the job done, and, of course, winning 13 in a row in the NBA is uh, no small task, as you know.
3: Right. Jim? You know what? I want to talk about Monte Williams, and I'm not deviating from the team, but what has been the strategy and the profile for the type of players that he's looking for?
2: You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Jim. And I I would say this, uh, you know, we all remember Cotton Fitzsimmons uh, when he coached in the NBA and when he coached the Suns on a couple of different occasions. And when he was coaching, I always felt that he was the best coach in the NBA as far as dealing with players. Uh, He he was a terrific guy. The players loved him. And he had a, a great knack for saying and doing the right thing. But that was a different era. That was when uh, players came in to the NBA after four years of college. They were older. They were handled differently. But now, Monty Williams, to me, has taken that spot. I think he is absolutely the very best at setting the stage, dealing with players, uh, making everybody fit into the role that uh, they belong in and he just does a terrific job. He sets a culture. You know, he's such a, uh, a dominant individual himself. As we know, he's a very religious man, and he handles uh, the way that he really deals with the entire setup. I'm talking about practice, the games, how he deals and, and talks with players, and I think he's so effective, particularly with uh, the younger players. And uh, he now, as far as I'm concerned, has filled that spot as being by far the finest coach in the NBA, knowing how to deal with his players. And we know in today's game, that's maybe the most important thing of all for a coach to be able to accomplish.
0: Well, Al, that's a tremendous testament, yes, to Monty Williams and Here in Cleveland, uh, we think we've got a player's coach in J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, He has the players back, so he defends them to the wall. Uh, For all the years that you've been in the NBA, Al, how would you define a player's coach?
2: Well, you know, you have to know uh, when to get on them and and when to lighten up. Uh, I would go back to Cotton, and we always uh, knew Cotton. He was uh, uh, from Missouri, and he was a very flamboyant guy, and uh, just He would uh, he would take a player out that he thought had maybe made a mistake, and he would say, you get on down to the end of the bench. I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. You go down the end of the bench and just sit down. <laughs> ten ten minutes him. later, he, he would walk down to the same player and say, now you're my guy. Come on. <laughs> we're going to get you out there. You're my guy. Go out there and do it for me. <laughs> that was the way he dealt with players. Um, Monty, of course, his personality is entirely different. He's much more of a low key individual. And and that's why I say, I think the way he handles young players, because dealing with a 19, 20 year old player is much different than dealing with a 23 or 24 year old player who's had four years of college. So, uh, it's that ability that he has to, uh, as I said, really set the entire culture of of the team, and everybody certainly has fallen in place for Coach Monty Williams, no question about it.
3: You know, I was just thinking about you guys, and you know, the obvious piece, of course, is uh, Devin Booker, uh, definitely a superstar, and Chris Paul. If you look at his longevity and his history, just truly outstanding with leadership. But uh, you're exactly right. the the job he has done. Uh, with this bench and the way he plays his center is totally different from other teams that I've seen. Al, can I ask you this question? Can you play as well as you played last year or better with this current
2: system? Well, I think so, and I I do want to mention that uh, getting back to, uh, to Monty again, he has a tremendous relationship with his point guard, and I'm talking about the veteran Chris Paul you know how important that relationship is with a head coach and his point guard. And Chris Mm -hmm. Paul is uh, probably the best I've ever seen. And, you know, we've had some great point guards in Phoenix, uh, Jason Kidd, Steve Nace, Kevin Johnson. I could go right on down the line. But to have that type of relationship is extremely important. Now, not only, Jim, do I feel – They can accomplish what they did last year. I think they're a better team. They have Mm. added to that bench that you mentioned with uh, JaVale McGee. They have a seven-footer in there. The back's up uh, DeAndre Ayton. They have Landry Shamit, a legitimate three-point shooter. And uh, they actually have increased the effectiveness of that bench. Uh, Cameron Payne is more confident in his game now. Cam Johnson, who started kind of slow now, has had – some big scoring nights. He had his career high 22 points the other night against Denver. So I really think uh, with the addition they have made and particularly the two players that I mentioned in McGee and Champen that they're really a better team than they were a year ago.
0: And of course, uh, Phoenix an NBA Finals team last year losing to Milwaukee in 6 games in those NBA Finals. Again, we're talking with Al McCoy, he's the radio voice of the Phoenix Suns. We'll take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll talk further about the hottest team in basketball. The Suns have won 13 straight. They'll be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse tomorrow night. So we'll talk more about this red hot club following this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back, Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway, Tim Elcorn, along with Jim Jones. Other side of the window, as always, doing a great job. The dynamic duo of Kurt McLaughlin and Marty Allen. Tomorrow night, the Cavs back in action at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. They'll be taking on the Phoenix Suns. Boy, this is a red-hot basketball team. Phoenix has won 13 straight games. Ironically, the 13-game winning streak started against the Cavs when the Cavs were out in Phoenix. Phoenix now 14-3 and three on the year. We're thrilled to have joining us the veteran radio voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, now in his 50th year calling Suns basketball. <laughs> Al, before we uh, ask you the first question, actually I want to start off with uh, a remark from uh, DeAndre Ayton, the outstanding center for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, here's what DeAndre has to say about this 13-game winning streak.
1: I'm glad we have a swag and a mentality where we just winning games, working on us, not trying to just go out here and just beat teams, but we're working on something way bigger than who the league is thinking, especially for the long, long run. We know it's a long season, but it's just us doing the right things and playing our type of game and us playing together, like how we always do, just just fulfilling our culture.
0: Boy, DeAndre Ayton and Al, you talked in our first segment about the culture. They're all about just improving as a basketball team.
2: You know, I'm glad you had D.A. on there because I want to mention something that he mentioned to me the other night when we had him on our postgame show. He said, I've never played with a player like JaVale McGee. Now, Jim Jones, having played in this yeah. league, you're very familiar with McGee. He's been That's around right. for years. He's never really been an outstanding performer. But I am going to tell you something. This is his 14th year in the NBA, and here's what the culture that Monty Williams has established has done for him. He comes out like a rookie every night. He <laughs> runs the floor. He dives for loose ball. He gets uh, follow-ups. I mean, he is right now, I think, the best backup center in the NBA. And DeAndre Ayton just loves the guy. And he is has brought a lot of energy to this team in his 14th year. It's just amazing.
3: Well, you know, I watched him play the other night. And he did the same thing for our kids with the young uh, Jared Allen and a few of our other young kids. He's just a tremendous spirit. But I want to go is. back to the new style of play. Now, everybody can easily fall into the old style. you got to have three super players to win it. Milwaukee didn't, and neither does the Phoenix Suns, but they're winning now. And it looks like that uh, even uh, Golden State may not have that third guy So the formula has changed, hasn't it, a little bit, Al?
2: Well, it has, but I do think uh, one of the positives for the Suns, obviously, it's their bench. Their bench has just really provided a big plus for them. But they don't have to depend on just one or two individuals to score. Uh, You know Mm -hmm. what Devin Booker can do. You know he can score the basketball. You know that DeAndre Ayton just is a walking double-double every single night. But uh, they have a lot of balance when it comes to scoring. And I think in this 13-game winning streak, there have been games when you didn't think they were going to be able to pull it off at the end, or maybe they let up in the third quarter or let a team back in. They're playing with so much confidence that even though they let teams get back in, when it comes time to make plays to win the game, they have a lot of individuals that can do that. They don't have to depend on just uh, one person. Now, as you mentioned, Jim, the game has changed, but I still think there's a role for good centers, and I think DeAndre Ayton is certainly an example of that this year. Uh, he has uh, over 100 double-doubles, he has over 2,000 rebounds already in his young career, and he can score, he can rebound, and he's a pretty good passer. So the Suns are utilizing a little bit of the old school along with the new school of hitting threes and and et cetera. And they're a very good passing team. And, of course, that all goes back into the hands of of Chris Paul. Uh, I mentioned this to you when we talked last summer. I have followed, obviously, his career, and I always felt he was an outstanding player. I just didn't know how really good he was. He sees Mm -hmm. the floor so well. He does whatever it takes to win games. If he needs to score, he scores. If he doesn't, he moves the basketball and gets it into the hands of the people that can do the scoring. Uh, It's a pretty good team right now. I don't know if they're going to survive this road trip because Cleveland, uh, the Knicks and the Nets is not easy. And they have New York and Brooklyn back to back. But uh, they're off to a pretty good start.
0: Al, of course, uh, it was an NBA Finals team last year, uh, losing to Milwaukee in six games. How much do you sense that getting that close uh, is fueling this basketball team this
2: season? Well, you know, that could go two ways, uh, as you know. Right. And I think it's gone in the right direction because I think the team looks at that as a learning experience now. Even Coach Monty Williams says there are a lot of things he would do differently coaching uh, if he was in that situation again, as far as utilize, utilizing, players and setting up a uh, defensive strategy. So uh, I think they're doing the right thing because they're not uh, sitting back on their heels and saying, oh, my, why couldn't we do that? They're looking at it more as a learning experience and how they can benefit uh, from that experience this year. And we'll see what happens. It's a long season, as we know.
0: And, Al, the point you made earlier about the roster additions, realizing, hey, we got close, but we just can't stand pat.
2: Well, that's true. And I think the Suns really ran out of gas in in the finals. And uh, I think they would change the, some of the defensive strategy they had against Milwaukee. Uh, Coach Monty Williams has really indicated that. Uh, but, uh, again, Looking at that as a learning experience, I think, can be the best thing that can happen to this team. Uh, they had played so well uh, going into the finals, and, and then, as I said, I think they just uh, actually ran out of gas. Didn't realize how physical the game can be when you get into the NBA final yes, championship series. And uh, I think they'd respond a little differently if they get that opportunity again.
3: You know, Al, there's one other point I wanted to make. You know, you and I talk about so much, but I didn't know that. Can I say that you were a pop or a jazz pianist? Would that (laughs) do you justice? Talk a little bit about your career, you know, just for a few minutes, because I want people to know, you know, the depth of who I think is the best announcer uh, ever, you and Joe Tate. But I'm telling you, the more I listen to your stuff when it's streamed, You paint a picture that is so unique, and it sounds like you're playing jazz when you speak.
2: (laughs) Well, Jim, the two things that have been paramount in my life are sports and and music. And uh, I'll just tell you one quick story. I had uh, played a little piano just uh, as as a young guy, never really a lot of interest in it, and I think I was about... uh, I think I was 15 years old. I lived on a farm in Iowa, and there was a knock on the door one day, and the guy asked my mother if Al McCoy lived here, and she said yes. He said, can I talk to him? And I came out, and the guy said, well, I have the band at the VFW Club in a town nearby, and I need a piano player. (laughs) He said, "Uh, if you're interested, come over Wednesday night, and if you can cut it, you can get the job. Well, I got the job, and I played piano. Uh, with bands all over the Midwest all through my college days. And even early in my career, I did a uh, uh, a disc jockey show, kind of like a Steve Allen, where I played, uh, played piano in between records, so on and so forth. And actually, I was working in Buffalo, New York, doing that type of show before I eventually came to Phoenix and got back into sports, which I had wanted to uh, for many, many years. Uh, a couple of years ago, a local writer, uh, did a story uh, on me that was in the paper, and I, I was happy with the story because the last thing that I told him, he used uh, in the last paragraph of the story. And what I told him was this, and they always ask, well, how long are you going to keep doing this, Al? This is your 50th year, et cetera. And I told him, I said, well, you know what? The other night I was on my way to the arena to do a Suns game. And in my car, uh, I was listening to a CD, of Errol Garner, my favorite piano player. And I started to think, you know, here I am. I'm going to be broadcasting an NBA game that I love, and I'm listening to my favorite piano player, the great Errol Garner. It just doesn't get much better than this. And you know what? It's been a pretty good ride. There you go. That's a
0: great way to wrap this up. Al, again, it is uh, an honor to have you on the show. I was honored to meet you. We hadn't met yet when the Cavs were in Phoenix uh, about a month ago. So, uh, again, I treasure the moments with you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing this Red Hot Phoenix team tomorrow night. Hopefully we can cool them off a little bit. But, hey, as always, such a pleasure to talk to you and have you on, and uh, we wish you nothing but a happy Thanksgiving and a great holiday season.
2: Tim and Jim, as you know, Jim Jones is one of my favorite guys and has been since his playing days. It's always great to visit with you. It should be an interesting game, and I'm anxious to see how you feel about this Suns team and if they can, again, meet the Cavaliers and take care of Ricky Rubio and the crew. But uh, you two have a great Thanksgiving also, and it's always a pleasure to visit with you and the the great fans in the – Cleveland, Ohio area. Oh, thanks, Al. Thank you.
0: Al McCoy, he is absolutely amazing. In his 50th year calling Phoenix Suns basketball. And a treat to have him on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers radio network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Of course, all sorts of people to thank. On the other side of the window, the dynamic duo of Kurt McLaughlin and Marty Allen. Jim Jones, a great big thank you to you. And, of course, thanks to our guest, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com. And what can you say about Al McCoy in his 50th year as the voice of the Phoenix Suns? He is simply a marvel. Now, we'll be back with you again tomorrow night, Cavs at home. The night before Thanksgiving, they'll be taking on those Phoenix Suns. 7 o'clock tip-off, which means the Huntington tip-off show will come your way at 6.30 on the Cavaliers Radio Network. So until then, this is Tim Elcorn saying thank you much for listening. So long, everybody.